Have you ever stopped trying or lose motivation because something happened that's out of your control? Coming up on today's episode of GYST Podcast, we discuss how we can remedy that, how to stay motivated even when you're not in control. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST Podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Ladies and gentlemen, children of ages, the GYST Guru Pals presents your favorite podcast episode where we help everyone to get their shit together. And today's topic is how to stay motivated by doing the locust rule. Locust, L-O-C-U-S, not the insect, not the law thing, but locust rule. And uh, today's episode, we have... As me, Jens, and to my left is... Rohit Rohila. Scott Change. Patrick <laughs> Liam. Don't ever change. All right. So today we're doing this topic on how to stay motivated. And uh, it has something to do with something called the locus rule. And uh, it was a study done by Claudia Muller. And what she did was that she had two separate groups of students where it was they were given... Um, challenging puzzles and each group was told that they did an exceptional job no matter what they did and half of them were told that they achieved their high scores because of their hard work and the other half was told that they achieved the score because they were gifted quote-unquote gifted individuals and after that three more types episode what after that three more types of puzzles were given to the children and easy ones, um, medium and then hard. The ones that were told that they were smart, most of them spend time with the easy puzzles, kind of just, you know, stroll by. Almost no time on the challenging ones. And altogether, they spend less time on all the puzzles overall. And that is a sign of lower levels of motivation. The groups that were labeled as the hardworking bunch, they got there because they worked hard. They play hard. I don't know if they did, but whatever. And uh, they spend most of the time on the harder puzzles because they think that doing the hard work is what got them there. And their overall attempt to solve them, the time was longer, and that was a sign of increased levels of motivation. And when asked each group of children if they enjoyed doing their activities, the group that was um, told that they were smart. They were just like, no, not really. But the group that was told that they got their achievements from hard work was like, yeah, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed the, the work, even though we didn't solve all of them. And the, that's the difference between the lower and higher levels of motivation. So a lot of stuff like that applies from your parents, I think. That's where I first started thinking about this. It's some parents were like, yeah. You're smart. You can do anything you want. Versus other parents like, hey, you worked hard on this. That's why you got the score. So I think that affects a lot in kids. I think, I don't know if if you have personal experience with you guys, but I sure do. Kind of neither. Neither? Yeah. Because I'll start. I'll start. Because my mom, my parents always like, yeah, you're smart. You figure it out. And then a lot of times I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do it later because I'm smart. I'll figure this out. In the, in turn, like before I realized that that was happening, I didn't realize this. Though. I was like, 
maybe midway through high school. I was like, oh, crap. I can't just, you know, go on by with just thinking that I'm smart and I'll just recover whatever that I didn't do. I actually need to put some work into this. By that time, it wasn't too late. It was like late enough where I should have been doing AP classes instead of just like these regular classes. Because <coughs> like from where I'm from, like math, it's like three, four years ahead of the level my age here. So when I got here, it's like, oh, this math is super easy. I, need, I don't need to take another class. I'll just, you know, take this normal math class and I'll get an A. That happened until like, you know, the last year of high school where I was like, oh shit, should have done more stuff. That's my experience. That's interesting because going back in my childhood, I didn't get any of that from my parents. <clears throat> Whoa. Sorry, Sorry just wow. went through puberty. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I had to go back to my childhood and relive that in the do you need moment. A Punch do you need a hug? No, they, they, they would make excuses for me. You know, like, oh, when you were born, you had a cord wrapped around your head and, and suffocated. Therefore, your motor skills and your handwriting skills are, are terrible. Yes. Me too, buddy. Oh, hey. Yeah. Shout out to the cord buddies. Cord buddies. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're still almost dying. I wasn't told that like, hey, you're, you're doing good. Keep it up. Or, hey, you're doing bad. It was just. Various excuses, like, oh, you can't run because you have asthma, so you're excused. And those types of excuses motivated me to do better. That's That was, I didn't like that. I didn't like being held back by things, and so I wanted to try to overcome. Teachers really helped kind of give that motivation. That's good. You had some, you had some good teachers then? I, I had a few. Not many, but there was a few. A few is better than yeah, none. There's always a good yeah. handful. Once they truly understand you. Yeah. I mean, for me, the whole... You talked about before, like tiger parenting. My parents, you know, they would tell me I was smart only because they needed me to be smart. Because growing up, it was really difficult because my brother was, I think as soon as my brother turned like 18, I was, no, actually he was 20 technically. And he was, he had to go straight to work. As soon as he got out of high school, he went straight to work because he had to, he had to support the family as well. And then I had no one to help me with schooling or anything. So what ended up happening was, they kept telling me, he's like, you have, you're smart, you can do it. Because I had to learn how to read, I had to do these certain maths. But, you know, being told you're smart can only get you so far, just like you said, Jansen. It's, you can get so far before you realize that, like, you need external help. You need to actually sit down and do this stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, at some point, I was like, you know, I, you know, math was, came easy to me. But once I got stuck on, I don't remember what it was, it could have been like trigonometry or something. I was like, yeah, I don't get this. And then that's when I realized, well, I technically don't need this class to graduate anymore like you know i think we only needed two credits of math in yeah. high school to graduate and i was sitting on four and i was like nobody told me that <laughs> like i could have stopped two years ago but um yeah like th- th- that's what ended up happening um i had to force myself to learn all this stuff just because i needed to help the family on that side because i was too young to actually physically able able to work like work a nine to five so i had to learn A lot of influence from parents. I think that's one of the things that you start off young when you're like, who did I listen to? And then you start to realize like, whoops, maybe I should have done some searching myself instead of just listening to my parents, right? So another thing with the lotus control, lotus, Jesus, locus of control is going to be a tough one today. So the degree of which you believe you have control over your life, external over like um, or internal versus internal. The smart kids were exposed to what is called an external locus of control, 
where factors outside of the controls were reasons they did well because they can't control if they were born smart. So it's something mm. you can't control, right? If you're born smart, you're born smart. You're quote unquote dumb, then well, here, you have to work harder. Mm. So the hardworking kids were faced in the opposite, the internal locus of control, where their efforts led them to the results. How much work they put in is something that they have to control over, like complete control over. So you weren't smart then, hey, what do you do? Work harder, right? Like compensate, I guess. So proving that internal is the key to motivation at all times, it's good. Like you know that the end result is something you've done. It's not something you were born with or maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. Yeah. You're not handed it. If I handed it to you. (laughs) Shut up, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) No, like um, huge nerd, anime nerd. One of my favorite quotes is a dropout will beat a genius through hard work. That was said by Rock Lee. Naruto. And same story. He was below average in everything, but you know, he became great because of his perseverance and his willingness to actually work, put in the hours and I think it wasn't until um, it was like a genius that notices, like, yeah, he's not a failure. He's working harder than any one of you. And it's uh, it was actually at that point where he realized like everything paid off. Like you know, it's not it's not because he was all these kids were given all these advantages. It's because he's working hard just to keep everybody on their toes. A little background story: Rockley, he's in this anime where everyone has like powers or everyone's good at something, uh, illusions ninjutsu whatever he just doesn't have any of that he's just a physical dude that does fist fighting he has no illusions there's no shenanigans so what he did was pretty much the one punch man where oh i'm just going to keep working hard putting weights on myself keep running doing push-ups whatever training he was doing so he was at that point he compensated his shortcomings with his hard work and then it was a pretty scary moment when he like released the weights yeah. i don't know if you guys watched that but when he's fighting Gara, he dropped the weights and he became super fast. And that's when people were like surprised of what, because everyone looked down on him because he, he doesn't have any powers. They're like, yeah. just like this guy. He didn't come from a good family. Yeah. You know, he was just, he was a no name. That's right. He didn't have any heritage either. So he, whatever he did, he did with hard work. Yeah. That was all him. Yep. So another thing, it's like solving problems in your own life and take time to appreciate it. And it was because something that, you've done and then also would motivate you further when you look back it's like oh i did this because i did this not somebody else helped me not that i was born with this idea in my mind where it got me here so that's another level of things where when you realize that it's something that motivates you because you achieve something that makes you feel good and then you kept going i don't know if you have any experience with that Rowan. yeah one of the one of the things that really st- when, it, when I think about this episode and some of the things that you've mentioned today, Jansen, I think about the phrase work harder, not smarter. Sorry, flip that around. Work smarter, <laughs> not harder, right? And it, that, was, that was weird. Oh, okay. Um, so I started thinking about that work smarter, not harder. And I understand that now as an adult, it makes sense. Don't just go at it based off your instinct. Truly think about what the solution that you're trying to achieve is. And then what are the tools available and resources available? I, as an adult, I understand that. 
when I heard it as a kid, it didn't make sense to me. The reason being is when you're a kid, you define smart by the smart kids, right? If, if you're in elementary school and someone's like, who's smart? You already know it's, it's him, him, and her. They're, they're the smart kids. I'm not one of them. Therefore, I'm not smart. I'm just like anyone else. And so when they said work smarter, not harder, that didn't make sense to me because in my mind, I'm not smart because I'm not one of those three. And even now, I can look back. Uh, in elementary school, there was this program called Magic. And it was uh, Matt Baker, Kenya Proctor, a couple others from elementary school who were who were a part of that program. And I remember because I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was that every now and then they would leave our class for something called magic. And it was like, wow, like I didn't even know this program existed. I didn't even know it existed. Like how dumb am I? Where, where am I in the terms of the hierarchy in sports? You can always tell go run a mile. Okay. If you're, if you're at the front, the middle or the end, you automatically know. But when it comes to the smarts, I didn't know. All I knew is I'm not one of the smart kids. Therefore, I held myself back. It wasn't until seventh grade that my English teacher was like, you know, she she picked me for a project and said, I was like, why am I here? And she's like, well, you know, we're, I'm doing this for the for the more gifted students. And I'm like, did is there another kid named Rohit here? You know, why am I here? Um, and that's kind of where where I understood potential. But before that, if I, if I you know, as a kid, it's tough because you hear work smarter, not harder. But what is smarter? It's it's objective. Sorry, subjective. Unless you are given everyone's scores, you don't know where you ranked. That could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing, depending on what you use to identify with. I mean, it's also rough when you're that young because kids are kids are fucking cruel. Kids are savages, man. So when I moved to Kent from Seattle, um, you know, we were taking math tests, and it was a, kind of a weird speed thing. And I finished something early, and the girl next to me is like, oh, you can't be done. You're not as smart as that kid there. It's like, he's way smarter than you. I'm like, then why did I finish first? And she's like, and, you know, and like you said, from then on, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not as smart as that kid, so I can't finish first. So why, why even bother trying at that point? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that – you know, that kind of damage that that does to a kid at that age, you know, they're going to go through like pretty possibly a good chunk of their life thinking that, you know, it's just something that just sticks with you. Yeah. As much as kids don't listen, they, they, they listen yeah, to the wrong things yeah, exactly. all the time. That's the one thing that sticks out. Yeah, it's like, you don't it's always the negative else. things that sticks out. And like, how does that magic thing work? So there were just kids that were picked out from your class. Yeah. It was, it was part of like a, a higher education program. But um, who decides? Uh, I don't know if the if the teachers recommend, you know, do you have any students that you feel would be a, a good participants for this program? That That's what I think, probably. You know, they recognize these individuals as, yeah, you know, they're, they're the ones who aren't truly being challenged right now. But do you ever notice if those kids are lazy? And they just find smarter ways to, like, in Patrick's case, use GPT? For everything, <laughs> no, there I, feel was like, the, I feel like lazy has a bad no, no, label to it. There's that saying, 
uh, give the laziest person the hardest job, and you'll find the easiest way to do it. Yes. So there is some very true. To there's that. some weight. To, there's some weight to that. You know? I, That's I, not bad. Thing. I will admit, I am a lazy individual. I will find the easiest route to accomplish the necessary goal. Yeah. Not from a negative, like I don't want to do it, just because. I don't need to put that much effort in when I know that it could be done simpler. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. I'll tell that's you, the whole working smarter. I'll tell you right? what I think about when I when I think about work smarter, not harder. I think of it as I need to actually work harder to figure out the smart way to do things so I don't have to keep doing this stupid way later. It's not a negative thing for me where you do that at work, right? If you do something, it's like, what the fuck? Like, I could have done this in 10 minutes if I would just think of a smarter way to do it. Why do these people keep doing this? And then you are the smart one. But whatever that you're doing or somebody else is doing, you can't, you might not be able to copy that. Your brain might function a different way. Let's say I'm, I'm whipping whipped cream. I mean, I could have done it in the figure eight and you were doing it in circles. I could have done it halfway, like faster than you because I know what to do, right? If you think about it, every every invention right now is because of laziness. Of somebody lazy. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think kids or, or people in general always think that, oh, yeah, the smarter way is going to work for me. I'm just going to copy whatever you're doing. It might not work for you. You have to cater whatever that is to you. And that's something that's like external where you think like, oh, yeah, I can just copy what they're doing. And then when you do it, it's like, whoops, that doesn't work. So what do you do? Well, you have to work harder now because you're compensating all that time that you wasted on, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do what he's doing. I can just do, do it later. When it doesn't work, then, hey, good luck. I believe, like, when you when you believe in, like, something you can you can control, you're more willing to work at it. Like, perfect example, uh, bouquet making. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I've asked all of you guys, whoever comes down to see me at the market, I always say, hey, do you want to make a bouquet? And most of the time, people are just like, Nah, no, no, I don't want to make it. it. It's too hard. You do it. You do it. I'm like, it's not that hard. If I can do it, you can definitely do it. And there was one time when Rohit, your wife, Tia, Emily, and your sister came down to the market. And I asked them, and they was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm like, oh, this is like the first time <laughs> in like months or not years that somebody said yes. And so it's actually not that hard. Like the whole time while we're making the bouquet, I just showed him, like, I, I told him, like, Use whatever colors you want. This is just what you want to do. Just simple. I gave him the formula of where to put certain flowers. And at that point, you pick whatever color flowers you want, whatever, anything you want. And then from then on, like, I just stepped back. I let them just do their magic. And then I just tell them, let me know when you're done, and I'll wrap it for you. And I'll, I'll show you how to wrap it. And then uh, probably, like, it took them out, like, half an hour or so. But, um, yeah, they had a blast. They were sitting there making their bouquets and everything, and everything looked great. I mean, it wasn't that hard. The, the most difficult thing was just trying to get them to get over that hurdle. I was like, oh, um, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to put where. I'm like, I'm like, no, it's just the difficult part is you choosing a color that you like. It's more on you. Like, all, all I'm doing is just telling you to, oh, scooch that that way. Oh, and then put a rubber band here. That's it. You're done. I had, like, minimal effort in this. Yeah, a lot of people think that it's it's really hard to do something that they're not familiar with. Yeah. Versus they haven't even tried to begin with. How do you how would you know? So one of the things that the example they gave was when you feel like nothing matters, you stop trying. Because like, well, whatever I do anyway, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna matter. So I'm just not gonna do this. 
one example he gave was that he was working at a, a sales, like a door-to-door sales. So he noticed some people that will blame the weather. It's like, oh, the weather's not good. I didn't make that good of a sale. What had happened is that those people didn't even try to make sales because it's raining outside. They didn't want to go out there. They think that people won't answer the door because it's raining. They didn't want to be in the rain. So in turn, their sales is bad because the wasn't because of the weather. It's because they didn't even try. And that's where the, the difference was. I think, Patrick, you have an example? <clears throat> Not an example, just it just came at a great timing in my own life. But I wanted to ask a question about where does the motivation and confidence lie? You know, it's, it, with this, it, 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 we're, we're talking about internal motivation being more effective than external motivation. Yep. If, if we have internal reasons, it keeps us going forward. It, it's more like fuel. You know, if we, if we rely on external, which for the record, I have for many years, including still today, rely on external motivation to keep me going. Internal is kind of new. But where, where does confidence play into this? Confident, knowing that you have the ability to achieve something and then recognize that, okay, I did me and here's where I am because I did this. That should give you more motivation to keep going, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of, they kind of two coins, of the, two sides of the same coin. Would you agree? I'm not looking at you wrote it. Oh, uh, that's a real hit question. That's a real hit question. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, one thing to have the internal motivation. You're the mm-hmm. the locus rule of, of internal, right? Yeah. But if you don't have the confidence, would it be as effective? Whew. Okay. Well, a uh, little bit of a sidetrack then. Um, what's What's interesting about this question is when you are taking a look at internal motivation versus external motivation, right? External motivation is short-term. At, at the start of every workshop, I say there are traditionally two kinds of workshops. One is motivational, where I'm going to convince you, Patrick, you can conquer anything you want. You are amazing. Like, there's nothing that can stop you, right? That's all external motivation. Well, at the end, you're feeling great. You go out to your car and someone keyed your car. How do you feel now? That derails the whole thing. The whole thing is gone because, yeah. again, you are relying on an external factor to, to keep you going. For long-term benefit, it has to be internal. The reason being is you know yourself better than anyone else. Regardless of if you're in a relationship, what, whatever the case is, no one knows you better than you because there are there's internal dialogue that you have with yourself all the time that you wouldn't even talk to your significant other about. Either one, because you don't think it's worthy of mentioning or two, because they're just deep down things that, that you're even trying to explore. So what really need what you really need is your reason why. Simon Sinek uh, does this entire bit on what's your why. What's going to keep you going? When times are tough, why do you keep going? When the world is falling apart, why do you keep going? If you're in sales, if you get no uh, 99 times, what's going to make that 100? With confidence versus motivation, I, I, I believe they're, they're two different things. Because motivation, in a way, is what's going to keep you going, what's going to elevate you to the next level. 
when it comes to confidence, it's knowing yourself and your abilities, your limitations, your tools, and your resources. Mm. So think about, you know, for, for all four of us, think about your job, right? If I said name five resources that you have to, to improve on your job, you could do that. Five things to, to make it better. Uh, five things that, you know, whatever the case is, we, we can come up with that. That is what builds your confidence, just knowing quickly how to react when something comes, comes up in the forefront. So motivation is the fuel while the car is the confidence. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. One's going to keep you going and, and the, the other is the vehicle. vehicle. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I think, um, God, it was an old episode. Kyle brought it up. It was motivation gets your ass up to go for that jog, but the passion and the confidence is what gets you to do that marathon. Mm. Beautiful. Not my words, but I will definitely steal it from Kyle. <laughs> Consider it yeah. stolen. I mean, he, he, ironically he, enough, uh, Kyle did call me while we were recording this episode. Okay, he, so. he probably just called right when he heard me <laughs> yeah. saying his words. He's like, how dare you steal it's that like, from me? It's a disturbance in the force. But I mean, like, you know, what are some examples of external, though? Like for... External motivation? Yeah. I mean, mine is... I see it all the time uh, working down at the Pike Place Market, you know, the... Uh, People, weather is the thing. Is like, well, it's cold. Nobody wants to be shopping today. Oh, it's there's no cruise ships. Oh, there's no people here. Why, you know, why should I be here? And that's the thing. Oh, oh, I see. So, exter- like, basically, external blaming. Yes. Yeah, yeah. External reasons of why you're being the situation you are versus more internal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was internal, you can't control external. No, no, not at all. But you can blame external. Exactly. Because it's the, the easiest route. It is the easiest route. Mm-hmm. And that's why people default to it, I believe. And it's, it's hard because I see it all the time when I'm working. It's like, well, you know, it's a slow day and I don't want to be at the table. Like, so people will disappear. Oh, I'm going to go to happy hour. I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to go take a walk. It's not worth my time. No, yeah. exactly. And that's the hard part is like you realize when it's the slowest, you need to be behind that table. You need to be putting your foot forward and trying to be making those sales. If you don't make the sales, that's fine. But you couldn't, you can't say that you tried. Yeah. One of the... One of the things that I'm realizing at work is productivity and efficiency is taken advantage of. If I produce 10 units of work every hour, that is the expectation that I'm setting. I can do 10 units of, of work, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now let's say, you know, going back to this work smarter, not harder thing. What if I find a way to be more efficient? And now, instead of 10 units of work, I can produce 15 units of work. So now that is the new expectation. I'm being taken advantage of. Who's the fool in this scenario? Is it the person who's still doing 10 or is it me who's doing 15 now for the same amount of work? I think this is in, uh, was that Office Space? Like, yes. When, yes. The, when uh, the two Bobs were interviewing uh, the main character, and it was like, well, you know, it's the issue of, uh, it's the issue of motivation. It's like, you know, people, if you bust your butt to do extra work, are you going to get anything out of it? No, nothing. And so I think you know, that's when the two Bobs realize, like, oh, what if we were to offer you something? He's like, well, I don't know, maybe. And, you know, that's great. That's, that's, um, I've heard stories of mostly in the tech world where you have coders that will develop, you know, code, or either coding or um, Excel. They create a spreadsheet just to do everything that person's job was supposed to do. And what they would do is they would just plug in the numbers and pretend they were working on it for the whole week. 
and you know just take it easy. I mean, that's I guess that's working smarter, not harder. But that's the thing is you kind of have to keep your mouth shut on that, or else they're expe- they're they're going right? to get rid of your job. This, 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 that reminds me of something my boss asked me last week. So our our team got downsized. It's truth. That's the truth. So we have a process that we do, and the SLA on it is thirty minutes. Uh, SLA is I don't know. It's some like a time frame of what you need to do. <laughs> we don't know even know what it stands for. We just know it's our <laughs> time thing. Yeah, <laughs> something licensing. Yeah, it, anyway. standard standard it, it, license standard something. Some, yeah, it okay. has to do with like <laughs> the amount of time that you take to do ETA. To it's do our ETA. ETA. Yeah, it's our yeah. ETA. So they were actually thinking about because we have a less we have less people on the team extending that thirty minutes to forty five. I wasn't thinking about this. When my boss asked me. My boss asked me, "Hey, how long does it take for you to actually do this task?" I was like, "Giving there's no hiccups. Everything." All the information goes in. The system accepts it. Five to eight minutes. Press enter. Fuck me. I should have not said that. Now he knows. What, what have I done to me or the team? Yeah. You just outed yourself. I outed myself. I, 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 I actually, it actually, if nothing is wrong, for me to log into the account and do what I need to do, even screenshotting it, it takes me five minutes. I say eight minutes to give whatever reason shenanigans I have but five to eight was reasonable and then I was like oh what have I done did I just sabotage my team I could have because in the time when I first started it was like it was like 10 minutes and then I eventually learned how to make things smarter and faster and now it's like almost you know a third two thirds less of the time I, I don't know like what should I have said yeah, it takes like 20 minutes. It, that's not even realistic. Well, yeah, and, and that's tough. Uh, I was in a situation where uh, a manager wanted us to keep track of everything we're doing in 15-minute increments. This is the same manager that says that they don't want to micromanage. So <laughs> go imagine. Um, and part of our larger team, there, there's two teams. There's the team that I'm involved in and, and another team. The team that I'm in, we said, we need to get together. We scheduled a meeting with, with just us. We're like, we need to make sure our answers match because it will be taken advantage of. We told the same thing to the other team. We're like, hey, you need to do this. The other team didn't. So, you know, even though we were told, this is just so the manager knows what, what a, day, a typical day is like, we knew better. So for us, the manager was like, okay, that's what you do. Cool, that's good. With the other team, it was like, well, it, it looks like each of you has an hour or two of free time per day. What are you doing there? Well, let's give you more to do. And it, and it completely That's backfired. When, when I, I think we are high, highly due for another managers versus leaders episode. Because one of the things that I thought about is, um, have any of you worked fast food? Uh, fast enough, yes, yeah. uh, in high school. Right. Okay, so you've probably heard of this, Scott. If you've got time to lean, you you've got, got time, time to clean. Oh, it's just a retail, yeah. yeah. I heard right? about my retail work. So what is that doing? That is discrediting how good I am at my job. If I'm producing, again, if, if I'm producing 15 uh, units of work and my coworker is only producing 10 units of work and we both get done in an hour, why are we rated equally? It, this, if, if I get done faster than the other person, 
and now I've got like a nice little five minutes. Why do I need to fill that five minutes up with something else? I've had this, I've had this told in my face. Cause yeah. I wasn't that high up in the chain, I guess. The other side, the other side of the partner was like, why are you always standing around? Don't you have stuff to do? I'm like, I've done all these other stuff that they're still doing there. What, why are you asking them? Why are they still doing it? Instead of yes. asking me why I'm standing here, catching a break, drinking water. How do you, how do you know that I didn't work at 200% capacity? Why I got things done you know, mm. twice as fast while these people are still, you know, doing whatever the hell they're doing. And you come in here and just tell me like, hey, why are you standing around? Well, I guess I did what they could have done half the time. I think we, I think you mentioned Rohit the other time. We were talking about perceptions of people's perceptions of you. Yeah. And you said that you don't like, you don't stress out. You have a rhythm and a flow that you do. Mm -hmm. So you're not like hustling and bustling, looking like you're cramming, but you get the work done if on time, if not earlier, but the person who waited last minute and is like running around sweating everywhere and they get the work done in the upper, like, you know, upper tier, upper tier's eyes. They are like, Oh, that guy, that person works harder than you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's such a slap to the face because you're told work smarter, not harder. But what's recognized is the harder worker over the smarter worker. Well, with that said, wrap things up. You have to identify if you can take control of your life, what you can be in control of, what is not in your control internally you should be motivated by recognizing what you've done your achievements and then use that as your fuel for something else that you might not be so confident in so give yourself some recognition pat yourself in the back say gg and with that we'll talk to you soon thanks everyone for listening to our gist podcast we hope you learned how to get your together 